And today I have one of the greatest monster truck drivers today, the five-time Monster Jam World Finals champion, the driver of Grave Digger, Adam Anderson. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. No, I'm no. super excited to be on here, man. I'm, I'm uh, like I was telling you, I, I've been missing Australia, so so this is going to be the closest thing I get to it for a little while. Yeah, so a couple of questions just to start off. So how did you get your start in Monster Trucks and Monster Jam? Well, my start in Monster Trucks, uh, I, I basically didn't have a choice. Uh, my father, Dennis Anderson, created the Grave Digger in 1982. Uh, he created me in 1985, so this has been my entire life uh, uh, in the very humble beginnings of what Monster Trucks were, before what Monster Jam was. Um, but my, my, my startup in Monster Jam, I was honestly, I was uh, just coming out of high school, and I went right into the workforce. I was actually running heavy equipment. Um, that was my job, and I uh, I got ca a call riding down the road heading to the next job uh, from Monster Jam, and they said, we would like for you to come out this weekend and drive a truck, and I was like, I never drove a truck. You don't, you didn't, uh, you know, 15, 16 years ago, you didn't just drive the trucks like we do now. They weren't reliable enough, strong enough. Uh, we didn't have the funds to do it, and... Um, but I, they called me up, and I headed down to, uh, I think it was Mobile, Alabama. And when I got there, I, I didn't get to drive. I did after the show, so that was the first time I had drove a real race truck. And uh, it was after the show. Everybody left the arena, and they made me do a freestyle. Um, and my dad was there, uh, Mike Wales, who uh, who has uh, since passed away. But he, they decided that I needed to go on the road and be a crew guy and so uh, i packed for the weekend and then was gone for three and a half months after that and that that was the beginning of my monster jam career cool uh so in your in your words what what's been the greatest accomplishment that you've made in monster jam oh man um you know one that the one that you know really sticks out has got to be my 2008 my first uh world championship at such a young age and my entire family being there, uh, that was just super exciting. But then honestly, you know, I go back and think when I was a kid growing up watching monster trucks, uh, it was about a point series. It was always, that's what it was always about. Uh, you know, when they had the, the renegade series, all the different things. And my dad never won one of those. The people still loved him, but he never won one of those. And I always wanted to be that guy. I was like, if I ever get to drive great one day, I want to be, uh, I want to win the point series and sure enough the first one I got to go on uh, and, uh, and I smoked the point series and I, what a uh, what an exciting feeling that was yeah and uh, talking about that point series you absolutely dominated the 2016 FS1 champion you know week in and week out you were just completely dominating racing freestyle any event you could think of you were just sweeping every event and if I'm not if I'm correct, the closest competitor that you had was Damon Bradshaw. Am I correct? Yeah, it is. That is. I'm pretty sure that's correct. And yeah. um, but I I'd swept it like two show two or three shows prior, uh, uh, to the end of the the the, the tour or the end of the uh, championship. And uh, so I was like, I felt like I was really tough, man. I really did. Um, uh, but uh, since then I have won another one. Uh, but, uh, we've had some tough goes also, but we've always finished in the top, which was, uh, you know, I would get bummed out uh, a little bit because I didn't win it. But at the same time, I'm like, you know what? Uh, 
it, I can't win. You can't win them all for once. <laughs> but uh, it was, uh, you know, I love my favorite uh, battle has got to be with Neil Elliott, though. Yeah, um, I was watching a, uh, I, can't, I, think it was, I think I was watching a YouTube video uh, today and a uh, guy who uh, does YouTube, he asked you a question. He said, um, you know, during this whole, during the whole point series, um, I think it was last year, uh, or was either last year or this year, um, you and Neil were just going toe-to-toe, you know, swapping positions first and second. So what what is that like, you know, facing, you know, Neil Elliott in a Max D truck, obviously, you know, the, you've got the Gravedigger and Max D rivalry that's been going on for years and years. So how fun was that to battle one of your closest rivalries? It, it, it is really fun. And it was a, it was an honest battle, and it made it so good. Um that uh it was you know it was the the challenges that we went through and the ups and downs um on my side and his side because we're such a close-knit team and we're running around in these series everybody is right there on top of each other we see everybody we see all the issues going down and and from us helping their team out working on their truck trying to get them to the next round or those guys helping us to get going um to to have those epic battles um, and, and on the track, man, we were two warriors just going at it. But uh, off the track, Neil and I are uh, two of the, the best of friends for sure. And uh, we, ha- we have a lot of the same uh, work ethics and, and thoughts in our mind about helping uh, helping competitors. Uh, what, so if we don't like them, we're not going to help them. But uh, well, I can't say that. We help everybody. We really do. But uh, we uh, – but the epic battles we had on the track, it was uh, it was so much fun. I was getting mad. My wife was even cheering for Neil to win. I was getting so mad. Yeah. Um, so for uh, for people who are trying to get into Monster Jam, what's your advice for them? Um, for them to get into Monster Jam. Yeah. Man, that's uh, that's uh, I I, I want to say it's it's tough, but it's uh, it's not. It's honestly, it's up to you. And you, you choose your path and how you're going to get there. And I, I've seen I've seen uh, guys get into it many different ways. You know, the, the, the old school way, which was my favorite, was, uh, you know, one of my favorite stories is Cody Saucier with, uh, you know, driving Monster Energy. He, uh, you know, he was coming in and just volunteering. It's just from I actually have watched home video on VHS of Cody when he was I may have been eight walking around Digger's Dungeon. Uh, with his family and you know and then going to volunteering on track crew then being a part of the track crew working for ushra uh then stepping up and working as a you know just a a crew just helping out with the crew stuff and then being a crew chief and and then finally making his final step his goal uh to being a driver um but there's many different ways to do it but as long as you 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 keep at it um and you're persistent it can happen it's hard. It's tough, um, and it's it's easy for some. It's a bummer for me sometimes because I, you know, uh, these drivers will appear out of nowhere uh, because they they've they have a name uh, in in other sports or whatever it may be, and but they're so if they're good, it's fine. It's not, nothing against them for for having this opportunity handed to them. Nothing against them at all. But uh, I love it when somebody earns their way to the top. Yeah. And uh, so this is a question from uh, one of my good mates down here. Uh, so what was going through your head leading into your World Finals 8 freestyle, and did you think that one was good enough to win? Which World Finals 8? Which one was that? Um, I don't even remember. 
What year? I don't even what world final. What world finals did I win? Ten, twelve, or the first? Uh, what was my it was first, your one? first one? I think it was. It was in Taz. I can't. I think it was world finals eight or nine. That's the one in Taz. That's yeah. the one he's talking about. Yeah. Oh man, I dude, I I only hoped because uh, I'm, I'm that's terrible that I don't remember the exact. I know the year, but yeah. I don't remember the. There were so many world finals, uh, <laughs> but um. No, if if he's if he's talking about the one where I did win, um, I can't say that I knew, but I felt the the fear inside of me when I was doing this run, like clearing the triple bus stack and uh, and just making it around the track, basically n- taking this track down and winning, beating the track. I, I and it felt scary to me in the truck. So I know outside that it was awesome. So I could have only hoped that I was going to win. So, um, and to actually win it, and it's still to be one of the the best freestyles of all time today. Uh, that I, Monster Jam fans actually voted that. Uh, what what an honor! It's really cool. I, I wish I could have another awesome run like that. Yeah. Uh, so, what were your thoughts after Ryan made his debut at the Monster Jam, uh, the Monster Jam World Finals twelve? Now, obviously. You know, him being doing mega trucks for many, many years, and then, you know, him building his own truck, and then him coming into the World Finals 12 and just absolutely having the run of his life, but unfortunately it was his debut, so it was an encore. What were your thoughts after he made his encore debut? First thought in my head is he won the show. That was my first thought, that it was the world championship run. It was his, he, he absolutely, he, he, he stole the show that night and uh it couldn't have been a any better debut for what he's done with with the son of a digger name and 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 has continued to do um and and is known for those wild uh those wild runs and those highlights um and it's kind of cool though because uh you know i kind of look at ryan he's he's almost a little more like uh dad in a sense where he honestly, he doesn't win quite as much as uh, like I have, but uh, but he has the wow factor there a lot of times. And I always think to myself, I got to quit trying to win and just go out there and put on a show for the people. Yeah, uh, that's fair enough. Um, so going going into the uh, final race of the World Finals 19, which was the last show in Vegas, um, all year you were battling with steering problems. So how much of a relief was that for you to finally get that win? after battling steering problems all year and then to get it the was, win at the world finals uh, it was unbelievable i and uh, in, in all honesty I, I i told the crew and i felt this in my heart that our our world championship win was to to fix the steering on my truck that was my win in its own and if we won the world championship that was a bonus and and sure enough we were able to pull it out and it was the most comfortable I'd felt in Gravedigger 35 yet. Um, so it, I can't, it, I, it didn't make it easy. I don't want to say it like that, but it, it did. It made it, I, I felt like I could drive again. I felt like um, when you have issues like that, then you second guess what you're saying because you're the only one behind the wheel of that truck experiencing these issues that, you know, you start to second guess yourself thinking, you know, am I just using this as an excuse? But uh, I, I wasn't. I even actually nobody knows this on practice days i would tell the other guys get in my truck and drive it and tell me you and then they sure enough you could not drive it you could not steer it and i won many times that year with no steering 
But uh, once I had it and was able to pull out the, the final win, that was that was actually probably one of my biggest wins, one of the best nights for Ryan and I. Um, it, it, that was awesome. That was one of my favorite overall wins, probably. Yeah, because I, I remember uh, the day the day after you won that, um, me and my dad came and saw you, and I, and I asked you, uh, would you have to have beaten up Tyler if he'd beaten you in the final race? I can't remember what your uh, answer was, <laughs> but... I remember you saying that um, uh, now nah, we're, we're we're best friends now and everything, and um, you know he's like he, he can't he can't tie his shoes but he can drive the hell out of a hell out of a truck, and you know <laughs> that's the that's the truth, man. That is yeah, absolute truth. He, he you know, can't. For, <laughs> you know, for him to be in the final race three three years in a row, you know, from being the young gun, you know, being in the young gun shootout, then. Uh, facing Ryan in the final race uh, in World Finals 18, I believe it was, and then obviously going up against you, World Finals 19. You know that kid is—he's he, the future uh, of Monster Jam. You know, he—it's no doubt about it. No, no, absolutely no doubt about it. Um, you know, and, and I do—I I love him to death. And um, I remember—and and Tyler's one of those those uh, stories. Um, you know, in in the beginning, and he come down and. He, I can't remember how he contacted me or maybe he talked to me at a show. I don't even know if he did that. Um, and uh, he, he just wanted, he was looking at any way to be a part of it. He was doing exactly what I said. If he ever asked me, how do I get into monster jam or how to become a driver? And I said, you just pursue it in any way you can. So he did. Um, and you know, he came and worked for me for a summer, um, as a 19 year old kid on his own, first time leaving the, the middle of Iowa, his family drops him off for the entire summer, and he works for me running my ride truck, which is a great training tool. It really yeah. is to, to drive a massive truck to, to know your boundaries. Um, he drove that thing in millions of circles all summer long. And, uh, but the, the, the first time I got a call, because he, could, he would drive over to Tom's place um, and help out, hang out a little bit if he could, and any of the smaller local shows, he would go up and he would just help out, stay there all night long and work on trucks for free, just hanging out. Um, and he, they were going to give him a chance to test. And they called me and asked me about him. And I said, you know, I said, he drives my ride truck really good. He has awesome work ethic. Um, and this is when the one of the first seasons of Triple Threat and stuff too. And I, they were like, uh, he had tried, we'd let him ride a three-wheeler at our shop and within uh, probably 15 feet, he almost wrecked it. And I'm like, get off of it now. So I told him, I said, he can, he, he can work. He works really hard and stuff, but I, I'm telling you what the boy is clumsy as can be, but that's a different story when he's behind the wheel of that digger truck now. And, um, it's, it's because of him and Ryan playing them dang video games, man. That's what it is. I know it. And, uh, yeah. but he's, he's unbelievable in the truck. And the only thing I felt I was a comp, I, I, this is terrible to say, but I told him this too because he's been wanting stadium so bad. He had some good runs. Now he's starting to get a feel for it, but uh, it made me feel better about myself knowing that when he went to the stadium, he was out of his element a little bit, and yeah. he had some highlights here and there. But uh, um, it, I was just like, "Oh, good, he's not that good." Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I can guarantee you, if it was a different story, if you were in the uh, if you were in the arena, say. Um, I, I reckon that'd be a bit of a different story, but um, yeah, that kid, that kid's an absolute madman when it comes to you know, you know the arenas. You know the stuff he's done in there is absolutely incredible. You know 
the mini the mini sidewall save thingies, whatever. That's you my want favorite. To That's my favorite. And honestly, I, I tried I tried to just do a sidewall. That was one of my you know, one of the, the, the two wheel skills challenge all year. That's I, I just that's all I wanted to do. The the problem with my truck is because I'm trying to win racing, mm. I still have a locker in the rear where they have um they have a, a spool. Yeah. Um my locker will come unlocked. I can actually hear it in the truck when I get up on two wheels and try to do anything to get it to flop over. Um in which Ryan even told me he said my truck was really hard to ride on two wheels compared to his truck. Mm-hmm. for the setup that he has on it um but uh because i when i drove uh like when i drove like carl van horn's truck and stuff they handle way differently yeah uh th- than that but uh man i it's tough and when he does that stuff and just does a slow motion creep crawl sidewall save man i love that and it definitely you know it elevates the sport to a whole new uh whole another level as well a hundred percent yeah, so moving on, so the big question that's on everyone's mind, the whole Monster Jack, Monster Jam community, is when do you think that Monster Jam will come back because of this whole COVID-19 crap and everything like that? Do you think we can see a return this year? You know, I'm, uh, I'm really hoping to. Um, I've heard rumors of the fall, um, but it's, uh, it's, it's, I can't say that it's not up to Monster Jam. It is to a certain extent, but they're they're planning around uh, the the virus, around the COVID nineteen, um, and the biggest issue is 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 government wise. It's not that it's an issue. It's whatever precautions they're taking, and we have to abide by that. Um, so there's going to be certain states that um, I, I I don't I personally don't think it's going to happen. Um, and until next year, even if it does then for these massive gatherings, um, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy because, uh, you know, you'll see the, the local, local stores and things like that have, you know, thousands of people mm-hmm. in them, but it's a little bit different when you have 50,000 people together. So, yeah. um, that's a, that's a mass gathering. So it's a, that's a tough, tough hurdle. Um, I, I hope it's sooner than later, but like I said, it's dependent on, um, uh, on the governments, uh, state to state, um, what what they're going to require, and um, how we can how we can abide by that, but then also how how is Monster Jam uh, going to survive through that if they can make it? If it's um, you know uh, we don't want this to to make it disappear, so we have to take all the precautions we can and, and wait it out. Um, because if we, we go in there and, and try to do something and then it gets shut down and the, the investment of, uh, the, the time and money that goes into these events, um, if it's lost, you know, that it could be the demise of something, but, uh, I don't, I don't foresee that we have, we have too many good people, uh, to put these events together. Um, and, and they're going to make it happen. Um, yeah. it's, it's definitely not done. Um, but uh, I hope it's going to be sooner than later. And um, uh, a bit of a funny story. Um, uh, pre- the previous Friday that's just been, uh, one of our good mates uh, down here in Australia, he owns a, I guess, like I say, a mini monster company here. And he had, um, I think, the world's first ever drive-in monster truck show. And it had, like, waterworks and, like, laser shows and everything. It worked really well. And unfortunately, I wasn't there. Well, I've seen videos of it, and it'd just be cool to see, you know, maybe even just some of the independent shows do that. Obviously, Monster Jam's a bit different because 
you know, you've got to put like stadiums and then, you know, you've got to sell tickets and obviously stuff like that. But it's just really cool to see how, you know, truck companies and, you know, promoters are working around this whole COVID-19 pandemic and situation, everything, just to see, just to try and get any sort of entertainment back. And especially in the US, you know, with NASCAR's having, you know, no fans uh, at the track and, um, you know, stuff like that, uh, MMA and WWE and stuff like that. So it's cool to see how they're, you know, working around it. But obviously, there's, yet again, there's still a huge uh, safety aspect that they've got to follow and stuff like that. So uh, moving on. Uh, now, from a driver's point of view, Adam, what do you think the best part of a Monster Jam event is? And in your words, how do you think the safety of the, the truck's safety have improved over the years? Um, the, the, well, everybody knows the best part of the event is the freestyle, but... Um, prior to that, in, in all honesty, man, it's, um, it is those memories that we make with those families. Uh, and, and that's affected me more so since I've had kids myself. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and it's, I can't say it's just the pit party because, uh, the, the show is, is the memory. Um, and you know, that's what somebody once told me, uh, one of the executives in monster jam, you know, I told him I'm, I'm worried. I don't, I, I don't want to break my truck when we were first developing this two wheel skills thing. I don't want to break my truck and then not be able to freestyle. And then he was explained to me, he says, you know, out of all the, all the, you, you maybe go to an, a monster jam event and it could be the top notch from, from beginning to end, all the trucks perform or a majority of them perform and do awesome things. But there's always that one moment that stands out and you could create that one moment right then and there. So don't hold back. Um, and, uh, and that's it to be able to create memories for a lifetime with, with families and kids and, um, for, you know, and behind the wheel of a truck playing in the dirt, like a, uh, like a giant child. And, uh, what could get better than that? Yeah. Um, so a question that has been on my mind ever since, um, uh, this dude has made his debut in mega trucks. Um, Adam, you know this. You know this person very, very well. But when can we see the crazy madman himself, the driver of the Boghog Mega Truck, Weston Anderson, in a Monster Jam truck? And when can and what can we expect to see from him later down the track? I'm not ready for him, man. I can't handle him. I don't think <laughs> he's uh, he's going to be he's going to surpass uh, what we've done. I feel um, not only in winning but in highlights and. Um, dad is just now really letting him cut loose. And a lot of people are seeing that, um, you know, with the, the latest freestyle and, and that, a lot of that had to do with Ryan and I, because we told dad, he's, when he's behind the wheel of the truck, he has no cares about parts, pieces himself, anything like that. He is there to put on a show and to get the people on their feet when he's outside of the truck and watching, he is a nervous wreck. And so he makes everybody else nervous. And we told him that he better leave Weston the hell alone so he can light this thing up. And we, and Weston, we pump him up and get him rolling. And, uh, so when, uh, he's just now is, uh, you know, 18. Um, and honestly it it, it was coming up there. There was discussion, uh, of getting him. He, he doesn't even need training. It wouldn't even be fair, but, uh, but, uh, we're gonna, you know, he's going to get behind the wheel uh, uh, it's going to be sooner than later. Um, and honestly, I think the only holdup from that right now is going to be this pandemic that we're, we're living through. 
And uh, the next pandemic is going to be Weston Anderson behind the wheel of a Monster Jam truck. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, obviously, you just said that uh, we could po- hopefully see him uh, very, very soon. So, now, is that going to be in he, in the uh, Boghog truck, or is that going to be in a Grave Digger truck? There's no telling, man. There's no telling what's going on. We never know. We never know. Um <laughs> Right now, we'll we'll see what uh, what's uh, what's going on. There's uh, a lot of things are going to change with uh, with everything that's going down right now. Um, but one thing's for sure that we're still going to be able to 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 give the the best live entertainment that uh, that anybody's ever seen on four wheels in person. So uh, so it it really doesn't matter and uh, what truck he's going to be behind uh, as long as he gets in there and, and gets driving. Um, and gets a feel for things, then uh, I, I tell you, I, I think I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna retire a little, little sooner than my dad did because he's, I'm not even, I won't even waste my time. Yeah, uh, that's, uh, that's fair enough. Um, and just on a serious note, now I just want to take, um, you know, two or three minutes just to, um, just to say with all the, um, you know, with all this crisis stuff and everything, I just hope that everyone is doing okay. Um, and especially uh, with all these riots and um, uh, marches and stuff like that going on around the world, you know, in France, Australia, and the US, um, all because of the, um, the situation with George Floyd. Um, you know, it, it's sad to say, but, um, you know, with people rioting and everything, it's not, it's not going to make anything better. Uh, you know, with people, you know, I don't know if they've been murdering or anything, but from what I've heard, people are being murdering other people and that's not that's gonna, not going to make anything better that's not going to bring you no back. um so no, yeah. it's very very unfortunate uh situation all of it and uh, the things that are going on in the world right now are are, are really crazy it's scary we're very fortunate where we're located that uh um it's that's been to a, a very minimal uh of any of that any of that sorts we've had protesters very peaceful um, for all the right reasons, and it's actually made me very proud of of my community that I, that I've grown up in, um, and I'd with, within a pretty good radius. I, I, we've been uh, very fortunate uh, with all of that stuff, and um, it, it feels really good. It honestly does. It makes me it makes me proud of my community. Um, so that's uh, but for all the others, man, uh, I, I, my condolences. And also, just uh, I, I just hope everybody's staying safe, and it's a it's a scary thing, that's for sure. The the, the world's definitely a scary place at the moment, and like you said, there's obviously a wrong way to protest and there's a right way to protest, you know. And I'm not saying that everyone deserves a voice, and I'm not discounting that everyone does deserve a voice. But that's there's right, a right, right way to do it, and there's a wrong way to do it, and unfortunately, absolutely, um, 95% of the people are doing it the wrong way. Yeah, no, so, scary, man. Yeah, it's definitely a scary world, but uh, hopefully, as soon as this whole crisis and pandemic and protesting everything is done, um, then hopefully the world can get back to some sort of normal. Now, uh, to get back to the um, questions and uh, stuff like that, um, so for people who don't know, or people who are new to Monster Jam, could you give them a bit of an insight on how Gravedigger came about and the legacy behind it? Yeah, absolutely. So, um... 
So my my father Dennis Anderson, um, he was uh, he worked on a farm, and that was his that was his dream and goal was to one day own his own farm and have big tractors and a nice shop. Um, and you know he was a member of uh, the FFA, which is Future Farmers of America, and um, but he worked on the, the this farm and but he liked trucks and vehicles and cars and you know it was just a motorhead. Um, and, uh, he had, while working on this farm, he was taking a bunch of the old junk, uh, that the farmer had. He was very big farm, very wealthy, and he would give him old tires and parts and pieces. And so he's piecing together this truck to play with. Um, well, the farmer's son, uh, he, he had the newest of the new you know, in the eighties, he had all the, the biggest tires you could get. He had the, every roll bar, you could get every shock, you could get every light you could get on the truck. He had all this really nice stuff. And he came in there, uh, while my dad was sitting with the other guys, uh, inside of the granary and he was sewing bags of potatoes and he, he was mouthing off to my dad talking trash about his piece of junk truck. And my dad told him, uh, I'm going to take this old junk and dig you a grave. And all the other guys in the in the granary were started like ooh they 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 were kind of poking along at him, and uh, well that weekend they went out and sure enough that that guy got his brand new pretty truck all stuck in the mud and Dad was able to make it through everything, um, and so he had but he had went home that night and he uh, took a spray can and just spray painted Grave Digger on the side of his truck so that's what all the guys in the farm kind of nicknamed him for the longest time was Grave Digger. And uh, from then on, man, it, it grew into uh, to, to the mega name that it is today, which we all we, we never would have thought that I, I uh, the, the first house I grew up in um, was uh, I, I think I have a shed in my backyard now that's about the same size as that. And the roof leaked. It didn't have heat. It didn't have air. Um, but uh, dad was building trucks. Um, and he was going out, he was still running equipment here and there part time. And he was, uh, but going on the road and running the weekends, uh, with his grave digger truck and, um, just developing what it is today. And he wasn't really necessarily in the beginning. It wasn't to do it, to make a living. It was a passion. Um, and, and then it did turn into a job, uh, for him. But at the same time, the passion was always there. He couldn't stop and he still, he still can't stop, uh, which is why I believe he, he created the King Sling, uh, the truck, and um, that's what he said. He says he, he started in the mud, he's going to finish in the mud. So, uh, uh, But that's, uh, that's basically the humble beginnings of Gravedigger before uh, you know Monster Jam was a thing, or really monster trucks were really a thing. He, he says he, you know, he remembers looking at the other guys that, had these, that did have money and they did build monster trucks. Um, that he could only wish to have that. And so it's pretty cool. My grandma and granddad actually bought him the first set of 66s, uh, that were on, uh, what we now call the grandma truck that, and, and then went over to Gravedigger 2 to run in the TNT series that for years and years. So, uh, it's been a, it's been a lifelong thing for not only my dad's career, but for, for myself and the rest of my siblings, that's, that's all we've grown up around. And it's cool to see, uh, it's cool to still see you know the name you know, as big as it is and it's um and obviously with the grave digger and Maxi Rivalry it's cool to see 
you know, that name's still around. And, you know, for people who are new to Monster Jam, you know, they see that truck and it's instantly their favourite. And, you know, they go home and they search up as many videos as they can on Gravedigger. And, you know, within, like, you know, a month of them watching Monster Jam, you know, we could ask them, hey, what do you know about Gravedigger? It's just such a cool history of the truck and it's cool to see that it's still going along and, you know, obviously you and Ryan and... Um, uh, Kristen and all, all the other Gravedigger drivers still carrying on uh, the Gravedigger name and legacy. Um, yeah, so- it, it's an honor. It's an honor for sure to carry the legacy on. Um, and I'm, I'm glad uh, that we grew up the way we did in the, in the humble beginnings because it, uh, it, it, it makes me uh, understand, uh, you know, what it takes. And so I, and I still have the passion for it and, uh, and really do enjoy it. Uh, so, out of all the countries that you've been to, what what are your top five countries that monster uh, for the international stops that Monster GM do? What have been your top five countries that you've been to? Man, uh, Australia. I'm not saying this because you're from Australia. Australia is number one. Um, I actually Monster Jam actually had talked about at one time uh, potentially uh, putting up an outpost there and. A small, a small place to house some trucks, and um, and that's the only place they asked me to to move to Florida to to Feld headquarters, and I said I can't leave home, I can't, I'm not going to do it. But when they said they may open one in Australia, I said I'm your guy. I would take my entire family and I would move right there. I really, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, uh, and I don't know if that's because because I'm lazy and because I can just understand everybody and read all the signs. Maybe that's why it was my favorite. But then also I, I'm a, I'm kind of a, an adventurous kind of guy. I like, um, I like nature. I like, uh, dangerous animals. Um, so when you have dangerous animals, just, uh, you know, in your toilet or anything like that, that's exciting to me. <laughs> so, um, so I, I really, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed, uh, all, all of, you know, from coast to coast, I really did enjoy it. Um, but, uh, and it's hard to say, never had been asked for my top five. Um, I'm trying to think where else I've been. I've been to, I think 20 some odd different countries, but, um, Europe kind of all mushes together. Yeah. I did enjoy Europe. That was where I really cut my teeth driving the Taz monster jam truck. Um, and that was kind of my training course. Uh, I was doing, uh, arena after arena you know uh over there for for months on end and um but i did enjoy the history i wish i would have gone over there when i was a little bit older uh and uh and enjoyed the history a part of it a little bit more but that was that was my that was one of my favorites too um one of the craziest ones was probably the czech republic and um the Czech Republic was sketchy because they said the mob owned the arena that we were in yeah. and they, they had uh, machine guns and things as we're working in the pits and all this. And it was, it was kind of crazy, mm. but that was exciting. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, I wish I want the one I wish I would have went to was the one they did in like Mongolia or whatever it was. I wish we would have went there. I would have been part of that. Um, trying to think what uh, where else i've been so many where do you know where i've been i don't even know where i've been um no apart from uh, australia I and mean, the ones that you said i can't think of any other places that uh you would have been 
Yeah, and there's um, so many countries in Australia. I mean, excuse me, not in Australia, but in in Europe. Uh, yeah. You know, you it's it's uh, so they're so small. So I would cross border after border there, but it's, uh, and, you know, it's always cool to see you guys come over to Australia. You know, because uh, me and my dad, every two years we try and make it over to the US, and uh, we were going to come over this year, but of course the, um, the coronavirus kind of uh, put a stop to that. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's always cool to see you guys come over here, uh, and just to and just bring what you do over, you know, in the states, just over here, um, because we have we have our own monster truck company, and you know, we we do some crazy stuff. You know, we we do backflips attempts, you know, at our big shows and everything like that. But when you come over here, it's like a whole nother world to us, because we're not, you know, we only see it on TV or YouTube or Facebook or Instagram. Or wherever we can see it, and then for you to for you guys to bring it over here, it's just incredible to see, you know, what you guys do in person. You know, one of my favorite events has to be the two wheel skills, just to see, you know, the involvement of monster trucks uh, and monster jam, just to see, you know, how you do the, you know, moonwalks and um, side wheelie walks, whatever you want to call them. Now and yeah. um, it, it's just crazy. It's crazy to see, you know. The evolution of Monster Jam, and you know the safety and the evolution of Monster Trucks from, you know, from Bigfoot all the way back in whenever Big, whenever Bigfoot was the first, first thing, uh, to now. So it's awesome to see you guys come over, and um, you know, hopefully you guys get to come over next year, and hopefully you get to come over next year because it's always great seeing you come over, and um, yeah, it's cool to see. I thoroughly, I really, I thoroughly enjoy it. I really do. It's some of the most fun uh to, to ever have for sure um is going over there and, and bringing what we do uh, uh to live and in person to everybody like you said that only gets to enjoy it whether it's on on, on t- tv anywhere or or through uh any of the social network or youtube stuff so it's a uh, i love i love doing that those events and it's and um I love coming over to the, you know, the US, you know, it's such a different place to Australia, you know, you guys drive on the other side of the road, which must be, uh, you know, different to you, because obviously you, get to, <laughs> you guys get to come over once a year, uh, so, you know, you guys driving on, you know, the, I think it's the left hand or right hand side, I can't think of what yeah. road it is, and, you know, when we get over there, you know, we got to get in the left hand side of the car to drive it, and um, it's all it's all a big kebabble for us, and then obviously for you guys, you know, uh, same it's thing. Honestly, they don't even allow us. Yeah, they won't even allow us to uh, get rental cars over there. Oh, really? They won't. No, they don't. Want, well, that one the, the first year that we did the Sydney show. Yeah. Um, and we were only supposed to go for the, you know, we were only there for the weekend. I'm like, I can't fly that far to just stay for the, which we only stayed for just not quite a week. Ryan and I and a couple of the other guys. Well, first thing Ryan and I did. We rented a car. They told us yeah. not to. <laughs> it was the first thing we did because we had to drive on the wrong side of the road yeah. uh, in the wrong side of the car, which was the correct way over there. And uh, I honestly got used to it. Um, I would get a little bit confused after I did even going over there and not having a rental car. When I stayed over there for the longest I stayed, I think it was eight weeks. Um, and then I came home and I would almost get dizzy being on the opposite side of the road. Yeah. And it would conf- uh, it would confuse me a little bit. But um, when I did the Aussie trucker, and I don't think they ever used the footage because I wasn't supposed to drive, but yeah. they actually let me drive the tractor trailer um, and because I, I wanted to see what it was like doing that. And yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't bad. I got used to it fairly quick. Um, yeah. I honestly thought I was going to be passing through – 
the middle of the outback or something like that. I didn't expect to be going down this nice highway next yeah. to the ocean, but <laughs> I wanted I wanted to go on a real adventure. Yeah. And um yeah, and um so we within Australia, um which place would be your favorite, you know, out of Brisbane, Adelaide, Melbourne, Sydney or Perth. I think those are the six places that you mainly go to. Obviously, last yeah. year you only had Melbourne, but out of those places, what place do you find the most the most enjoyable? I guess it's between it's probably between Brisbane and Melbourne. Really, it really was. I, I enjoy Sydney. I'm not much of a big 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 city guy. Yeah, which I like the outskirts of Sydney and stuff were very nice. Um, I did and enjoy that going out to is it the Blue Blue Mountains? What are the yeah. mountains there called? Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed uh, all of that stuff, and um, then I like the beaches. So the Gold Coast was the Gold Coast was pretty cool. We really that was a lot of fun because we went down there and we rented mo- mopeds. Uh, all of us, there was probably like twelve of us, um, and I guess there was I can't remember if the race had just happened or was getting ready to happen. So all the barriers were set up, and somehow it guided us onto the highway with all these mopeds who were going down the free like the main highway where we weren't supposed to be and there's people just flying by us we were laughing so hard so that was a that was a blast yeah. i think i think i actually saw a video of that on youtube uh, i think it was by the actual monster jam uh whoever wants the uh, youtube account i think i actually saw um oh i think it was barring someone else they actually they had mopeds um and then yeah they were just scooting around it was the funniest thing i've ever seen um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know, obviously, you saying that I uh, you uh, going on the highway and mopeds that would have been a pretty funny experience, but at the same time, a pretty scary experience. It was very got... scary. It, it was <laughs> very scary. We were so nervous, but we we had to the way the roads were. You had to go down the highway to get back to where we started. Yeah, uh, we were having a blast. We that Monster Jam wouldn't have showed our footage because we were running into each other and we were jumping over stuff with them, and it was uh, it was hilarious. We had so much fun. Yeah. Um, no, that, 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 that's cool. Uh, you know, just to kind of see, you know, just for you guys just to experience, you know, what, what we do on, on um, what well, well, Australians do on a, uh, on a daily basis, I guess you could yeah. say. Um, I guess the one, the one question that, uh, I want to ask, and I guess every Aussie, uh, asks an American when they come over is, have you ever tried an Australian meat pie? Yeah, I did. I did. And uh, I think I, I either I got a bad one or y'all have terrible taste. I don't know. Because I got one at it. I think I got it at like a, a service station, I think. Yeah, you, you, you definitely don't want to get one to the service station. That you're pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. It was yeah. so bad. <laughs> but I, because I, that's what, like, I'm uh, where I, I was born and raised here in, in, in the southern part of the United States. And we, like, my grandparents, uh, my, my grandfather, my dad's dad, he, he was, uh, they were tobacco farmers. And so they're very, very poor people um, mm. when he was growing up. And, and my grandmother, too. So they, they eat anything and everything and they still do like they but they cook it and it's so good so yeah like i eat some really like my all the other guys i'll eat anything almost the only thing i couldn't bring myself to do was that balut I, when i was in the philippines the balut is the the, the baby duck and the egg still like it's, oh. it's 
Oh, it's it was on Fear Factor, and I was like, oh my gosh! And then I finally seen it in person. I'm like, there is no way I could do yeah. that. Yeah, there's some foods that I just won't eat, but uh, I'm lucky. You know, I'll, I'll pretty much eat anything that is given to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but um, so within within a freestyle event, what would have to be your favorite move to do, or what do you think? Uh, what do you think a good freestyle consists of? Um. Uh, a good freestyle in, in my mind is always is awesome momentum. It's nonstop action. I always I always tell new drivers, don't drive around stuff. If it's yep. in front of you, you know, it, it, unless it's a total bad call and it's going to cause you to absolutely wreck. But if you even think you can make it over the obstacle, uh, then you you never turn around it. You never go around it. You always attack what's in front of you. Um, and a big thing that's always stuck in my head is to not no to not back up. It's just because it was pounded in all the Monster Jam fans for years that that was a uh, you know you would be deducted points if you backed up or it'd be yeah. you know frowned upon. Yeah. Um, it's not so much anymore, I don't think. No. Um, but uh, that's a I don't like it. Don't back up. That makes me mad. So don't do that. Yeah. And then, uh, um, but just the momentum. Um, and you have to have uh, those those wow factors in there, and, and, you, and you go a couple ways with it. So you know we've seen uh, the development of way they do the scoring now, and if you don't if you don't uh, if finish at least your first thirty seconds of your run, uh, that your your you don't even get a score. Yeah. Um, so and, and that's developed because of um, people coming out and doing a one and done, and yeah. that's a. Uh, it, it may be the the mo- one of the most exciting things that you see in the night, but uh, now now it's taking those people taking that risk and um and and they're not doing it. You know, I I like to start pretty pretty hard. You know, to at least uh to get the people going. Yeah. Um, but the the end in my eyes is it's kind of like a movie. You're always waiting for that ending, and so it's yeah. a build up. So if you have some wow crazy move that you want to attempt and you honestly think that you might not make it then you wait till the end and uh, yeah but uh my favorite part is a good save a good save man that's uh backflips are awesome it's still unbelievable to watch a you know a twelve thousand pound truck do a backflip but yeah. uh i can't say they're easy but i, I can say that it, it's much easier than accomplishing uh, uh an uncalled for save so yeah it's uh that's kind of where i'm at with a good freestyle no, that's fair enough. And um, last year I did um, me and my dad did morning media with uh, Chad Tingler and Lindsay Reed, and I asked the uh, with her move at the World Finals twenty, which was that uh, cart wheel save thing. You know, was that planned or uh, was that did that just happen out of the uh, out of the blue? And she said that well, most of those moves come, you know, just happen spontaneously. You know, there's there's no planning behind or anything. They just happen. So. Is that? Do you think that's true, or is do you think there's some sort of planning that goes behind it? No, that's a hundred percent true. There is a little bit of, for 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 that one in specific. It was definitely you know I in watching it as a driver, uh, knowing that's not planned whatsoever. Um, and then you can see the ones where somebody's attempting something and it and it comes out whether it happens the way they want to or if it's if it's still cool, then they claim it because I feel. Uh, and like I still can't, I still I love Leo Donald, but I still believe that his front flip was not planned at all because Leo Donald has never done nothing 
super crazy in a no. freestyle in his entire career. So um, I'm not taking that away from him that he yeah. did it, but because I can tell you this, when I attempted the one and only had first gear in Glendale, Arizona, I, I, I don't know if Leah Donald would have lived through what I went through. <laughs> <laughs> No, well, um, yeah, no, that, talking about that, you know, for you, for you to do a run in first gear, and we'll, we'll get into that a bit uh, later on, but, you know, when you have, when a truck has a mechanical issue, um, th- there's two ways that it can go. You know, it can be a minor part that's broken, you know, say, you know, ties fault, you know, broken off, or, you know, planetary's broken, or something like that, uh, and then you've got, like, the, you know, the major ones, you know, like an engine's, like, gone to Mars or something like that. Yeah, it, yeah. With the minor ones, does does that add to, you know, the speculation of the run? Because obviously you can do, you know, some crazy stuff. You know, like if you've got a bent sway bar or something, you know, the truck, you know, kind of moves around a lot more than what it normally does. So you can get like crazy like corkscrew saves and stuff like that. So does that add to the excitement of the run if you've got like some sort of uh, issue with the truck? It, it it can it can, but it's a, it's a battle within the truck. Um, uh, and that's when the, the, the true the true drivers come out a lot of times, I feel, uh, is when you do have a damaged truck. Um, it can be some of the simplest things. And, and, it's, and honestly, if uh, I feel if the driver uh, can't go out there and, and continue and have uh, a decent freestyle run, and you'll see them a lot. Some of them, they'll just pull off. They'll be done because they don't, they, they don't know what to do with it. Um, yeah. But that's where a lot of the guys that were, a lot of the, the people that were, uh, that crewed and worked on the trucks and built the trucks, they're they're the ones that know how to operate a broken truck. If you can build one, you can break it. So, yeah. Um, but it definitely it can add to the freestyle. Um, sometimes it takes away. The problem with it is is that not everybody knows that the truck is broken. Yeah. Um, you know, there's some things that are very obvious. You know, um, but a lot of times you. You know, they just, they can't see it. People yeah. that know Monster Jam and Monster Trucks, they they know. Yeah. Um, and so then they're, you know, and then when they see a competitor uh, complete something uh, unbelievable with a broken truck, then they, it's hats off to them. Yeah. Uh, but uh, as far as, uh, you know, the average person walking off the street to their first Monster Jam, they, they would have no clue that the battles that you're trying to overcome inside yeah. that truck. It's, it's very frustrating. Um but uh, but sometimes it is awesome. And it's like uh, for example, I broke an axle shaft the this past year, last year, this past year. I don't even remember. Um, it was last year. Yeah, it was last year. Um, uh, and, and uh, I want to say Nashville or no Kansas City. Um, and I knew which side it was, and I had t- attempted to do the corkscrew on the front of the bus, um, and it went about half of rotation about 180 uh the first attempt but i did it with a perfectly able truck um when i had a broken uh right rear axle shaft i absolutely knew i didn't know for sure that it was going to rotate all the way around but it sure enough did so um i I, as soon as it broke i then had to get lined up for that move because i knew that if i was going to accomplish anything cool that it was going to that that i had to to get lined up and ready for that attempt yeah and I uh, and I remember seeing that on YouTube as well. I'm like, yeah, it's really cool to see. You know, with a fully functional truck, the moves are on. You know, the moves are cool, awesome, they're unbelievable. But with a broken truck, the moves are just they're mind-boggling because 
you know, you expect to see those with a fully functioning truck, but with, you know, a damaged truck, you you just think, oh, nice, no, you know, like you said, you know, some drivers will pull off to the side because they don't know what to do. But, you know, with, like, you and Tom and, Ad, uh, and Ryan and, you know, all those people that have been around the sport long enough. Tom, Tom, is, Tom was the ultimate at it because yeah. his truck, back in the day, he always broke. Um, so that was it, ha- half of his freestyles were done on three wheels, you know, and um, but it was some of the most amazing moves that you'd ever seen. And um, and yeah, and he, he's still one of the uh, I think it's um, Neil and Tom, I think, uh, the only two drivers that I know of that still drive on the left hand side with their front engine trucks. So does that give them any sort of advantage? Obviously, it gives them a bit of an advantage in the, um, you know, the skills competition with you know the uh, poppers and everything like that. Um, but with racing and freestyles, does that give them any more of an advantage uh, with their front engine trucks? Um, yeah, yeah, yes, and yes and no. I honestly feel that the the front engine trucks. Um, I honestly feel like they they are uh, they can handle a little bit better, um, and uh, them the trucks not having sway bars, uh, it's a lot more forgiving. It is more di- they are more difficult to to drive. I say that they're just hard to get used to. Yeah. Um, I've never personally drove one. Morgan Kane he he got to drive one in Paxton one time and he said it was awesome. Um, and uh, but it's a. Uh, you know that their their trucks are because of their gearing and their axles. They have different axles. Their their trucks are faster. Uh, okay. They used to be lighter. They're not any yep. lighter anymore. Yeah. Because of all the things that they've created uh, and developed over time from having issues of everything breaking. When now their trucks are al- almost stronger than ours, it seems. Yeah. Um. Then. Uh, but uh, not, not really. The only the biggest thing is I've watched Neil do. Neil could do a popper off of a a dang speed bump i think you know every time i watch him mm. that truck will just come right up and he won't even like spin the front tires or anything it's it's a beautiful thing mm. um and i feel like the balance point is a, a lot easier to obtain uh in those trucks but it still takes some skill that's for sure oh, yeah. but uh but uh you know in our trucks when you really get up there you're actually inside of the truck you're you are as the driver are beyond vertical to find that balance point so it's kind of it feels awkward, so it's, yeah. uh, it's kind of tough. Yeah, and you know, that's fair enough, and um, it obviously does take you know, an incredible amount of skill uh, to do what you guys do uh, at, at the moment, you know, with the moonwalks and the bicycles and stuff like that. Uh, and I spoke to um, Holt when he came over to, um, to Australia last year, and I said to him, look, mate, you know, you are so incredibly skilled to do those... Uh, um, uh, so I've lost uh, the moonwalks um, that you could pretty much just have like a full cup of tea and the truck would just sit there. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, man. You know, it's just it's just practice, practice, practice. And, you know, uh, you guys may be practicing for weeks and weeks and weeks, and you get to a show, and you know, it may not may not be the best, but it still looks so cool on the outside. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And I've like, never practiced one. You know what? I I've never done one outside of an event. My really? entire life, never. I've yeah. never done that's. And honestly, that's the only reason I don't attempt them a lot of times is because so many people do attempt and or do them. Yeah. That I, I don't feel it's boring. It's very exciting. But after you yeah. have, you know, three trucks, uh, do you know, uh, 
some pristine, long-winded uh, stoppies or moonwalks. That it's it's kind of like, man, we got to do something different, break yeah. it up a little bit. But uh, but the my biggest thing is every if I do an arena, that's where I do my most practice, and that's where I actually became proud of myself too. Can like I'm like watching Tyler, and I'm like, how does this kid do this stuff? Yeah. I don't even get it. Do not even get it. And then then uh, then I got to the arena. I'm like, oh. Okay, I get it. This is it's not easy. Still isn't. But uh but I have a I actually have a blast going to the smaller venues. Mm-hmm. Um and cuz I and that's what I tell uh the guys I'm like, "Look, I'm using this as practice. I'm sorry about the body, but if you want yeah. me to learn this stuff, this is where I'm going to learn." So Yeah. Um and uh and being able to I remember going to my first arena and attempting some of those moves and having some really long-winded stoppies and doing some moonwalks and all that crazy stuff. And I was like, all right, this is, I got this. I still got it. I'm good. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so you, you so you pretty much use the uh, arenas as your, I guess you could say, practice shows. Um, and I think that's where Ryan did his first moonwalk, if I'm correct. I think it was way back in 2016. Uh, that's he was right. At an arena show and he did his uh, first moonwalk there and, um, that, that's really where the sport, you know, took off with, you know, the moonwalks and the bicycles and then the bicycle called the moonwalks. And the, the one thing that I want to uh, ask you again is, you know, seeing uh, Ryan and now Camden, I think Cody's also done one, the backflip to moonwalk. Now, that obviously yes. takes an incredible amount of skill because um, uh, I, I think I asked, uh, I can't think of who I asked now, but um, Ryan said that, um, you know, it, what he what he did was was when he was in the when when he was in the air doing the rotation, uh, he was already in uh, reverse waiting for the truck to pop back up so he could plant the throttle down, and and it, yet again it goes back to the incredible amount of skill that you guys have you know to maneuver these you know ten twelve thousand pound trucks because they're so heavy but you know the way they move is just it's mind boggling and you know the tricks that you guys do is it's phenomenal so. You know, and um, obviously there's uh, safety aspects inside the trucks that a lot of people don't know about. You know, you got a five point harness, if I'm correct. Yeah, it's actually uh, it's actually seven now. Oh. and that's and that's well, that's what that's what it has enabled us to to attempt and, and to to accomplish a lot of these a lot of these stunts and and tricks is that we have uh, you know all this new safety gear. The the full containment seats have changed the game. Um, you can actually focus and see where you're going instead of landing and hoping your eyes could get back in focus after, after you landed and yeah. seeing what the ne- next obstacle is to, to now, like you said, like those guys, uh, doing the backflip to moonwalk and, and, and all honesty, I keep, I always like, man, I need to do that because I've had some of the most perfect setups for it. Yeah. And I, and I honestly just forget because I've been so focused on when I pull up to that ramp, I have not. I have landed every flip I have attempted since I cra- the last time I crashed, um, which I'm trying to think when it was. Um, I, I want to say it was in 2016, I believe. It's the last backflip that I did not land um, because it hurt so bad. I said, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> so so i i my every attempt i want to land i'm knocking on wood because i've landed them since then yeah um so i'm so focused on that but uh but you are it's like it goes into slow motion 
uh, once you do get up in the air and you, it happens within a split second, uh, watching it from the outside of the truck, but when you're in there, um, it feels like you have a little bit of time to, to make those decisions to, to do a, actually, instead of just doing a backflip, you can actually go right into a trick, you know, and yeah. just like Cole Venard with the black pearl, that's his only focus was to do the walk the plank. He wanted to get that and he, he did get another one this year. Um, but it's, re- it's really tough, man. Um, but thankfully to all of our, our safety equipment in the truck that no, it may, it, it does protect you. So you have the confidence to attempt that stuff, but yeah. also being able to focus on what you're doing and becoming a better driver. Um, it, uh, it, it makes a huge difference. Yeah, indeed. Now, um, one more question before we go is, is there anything that you want to say to the Monster Jam community uh, with any upcoming shows or previous shows that you've been to? Is there anything that you want to say at all? Um, you know, I, I, it's, it's just across the board. It's, um, it's everybody in the, in the Monster Jam uh, and the Monster Truck community. Um, this, is, uh, this has been a big hit for, for everybody. Um, in any forms of live entertainment, my, my life has uh, evolved around um, being around uh, crowds of people. And um, that's from, from whether it was from at our, our facility here in North Carolina or being at a, at a Monster Jam event with almost 70,000 people, um, that it's really tough. And we're, we're all going stir crazy. We miss everybody. We really do. This is a long enough break. So we're ready to get rocking and rolling again. And um, we want everybody to be there to support us. Um, so when we, we do come back, um, that, uh, you know, there's the people, we have haters, we have this, we have that, but in the end, everybody knows that they love monster trucks and, um, they can come to our event and have fun. So I want everybody to come out and support that, uh, whenever that is. Um, and, and to make sure that uh you know monster jam is is around for many more years to come for many more generations to enjoy but uh you know also team gravedigger we don't we don't want uh uh 2020 to to crush uh anything any of our dreams so we want to crush 2020 yeah. and uh but i appreciate all the the support for many years and uh driving my family to do what it's done uh for multiple generations now and uh, we hope to to continue on the the legacy and and just keep pushing forward. Yeah. So um, so folks, that is all we have time for today. I want to say a huge thank you to Adam for coming onto the podcast. Uh, you know, it's been an absolute joy talking to you. You know, being able to get a bit of an insight in uh, you know what you do and you know how you got your start in Monster Club. So thank you once again for being on the podcast. No, thank you so much. Um, I can't wait to. I'll be on again. So hopefully, maybe when we uh, we finally have some announcements to make, then maybe we can uh, we can we can link up again and uh, we'll knock another one out. Definitely, and um, yeah. So, like I said, folks, that's all we have time for. So, like you said, Adam, hopefully we can uh, link up again, and hopefully we can have a you know a, a group chat, you know, with uh, many uh, with many other different drivers. Um, so, folks, that's all we have time for. Uh, please go follow Adam on Instagram uh, and Facebook and any other social media that he has. Um, and, yeah, so uh, thanks for listening, guys, and we will catch you uh, next time. Mm-hmm.